What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Welcome, brothers and sisters and Martians, since we're now on Mars. Hey, I also saw that there is a Dollar General already opened up on Mars. That's pretty cool. Kyle, non-alcoholic Beerman, how are you doing today? How was Easter? Man, Easter was wonderful. So uh, for us, Easter was our highest Sunday morning attendance in since, 10 years since we regathered in uh, on Memorial Day of last week, last year. So like nice. uh, you're talking, what, 10 months now, 11 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was our highest. We're still not quite back to pre-COVID numbers, but it was it was up there. Yeah. And uh, it was, uh, man, it was it was good. Felt felt normal, if that makes sense. We had we had breakfast beforehand, and which is kind of a tradition for us. Uh, we didn't do potluck. We had uh, we have a lady who's the manager of McDonald's, so she brought in like forty McDonald's burritos, and we had donuts, and we we handed them out in a COVID safe way. But it it felt normal, yeah, for maybe the first time in almost a year. Yeah, we uh, so so we mentioned a little bit about this on the potluck podcast episode on Tuesday because we talked a little bit about how Easter is a great launch day for church plants uh, and also really kind of marked a return date for a number of our people that maybe were waiting until vaccine or numbers or whatever going down. And so it was kind of a neat kind of regathering time for I think everybody church is launching and then people coming back. And for us, we kicked things off at the RV park. It was very cold <laughs> and, and uh, it was nice because so everybody kind of joked about why are you doing a sunrise service like an hour after the sunrise and one the answer is the actual answer is because when people go home then they may not come back this way we can have the service and, and it's right up the road we'll eat there so that takes us almost up to Sunday school time they can come up to Sunday school they're not having to go back and forth change or anything like that and uh, so that's why we did it at eight o'clock. But then everybody thought I'm a genius because the sun coming up when you're in the mountains is not necessarily the exact same time that you actually see the sun. You might, it might be bright and so forth. You might have a light, but the sun is not actually shining on you because it's not high enough yet. And it finally crept over the mountain and hit me right in the eyeballs, right (laughs) as I started preaching. So the good news was I couldn't see anything. I mean, the bad news was I couldn't see anything. The good news was I was warm because yeah, I mean, right. I was, <laughs> I mean, just the sun is blaring on me. Yeah. And uh, so we had a good time. And then a number of our folks came back. We had great attendance, but we've really had strong attendance through throughout the deal. So it wasn't a huge spike. We did have a number of guests. Uh, so we might've had about 20 or 30 more than normal, uh, but it was, it was a good day. And the other bright thing was we got a, a uh, new projector. And because Roswell gave y'all their extra one and they stink and you're quitting. And now we were left without one. But anyway, we got one and it is bright. And so I don't notice it, of course, until I'm watching the video back from our service. And like, I look like I'm glowing. And uh, so, 
you know, I mean, I am, I'm radiant, but, but yeah, so it was a good day. Yeah. So y'all had (laughs) McDonald's, you had some donuts, all that good stuff. We, uh, we had a good time. Good, good time. And and hopefully that's kind of a mark of maybe a lot of people coming back and us kind of continuing maybe the, uh, momentum we had before COVID. So now's the time to relaunch your vision 2020 plan. <laughs> vision 2020 and just cross up the O and put the one there. Yeah. Like in yeah. Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, dude, uh, another thing happened really over the last couple of months is I am finished with my doctorate. Yes. Uh, you had beat me to that finish line, uh, mainly because your wife was going to beat you if you did not. <laughs> that is the truth. And, <laughs> and so, so we are now about to be Dr. Dr. Uh, Kyle and uh, Matt. And I finished that up, uh, got my dissertation done. And I thought today as uh, Southwestern has just released their course list and they've got a preview day coming up and some of that kind of stuff. Just a chance maybe to share how our master's work or even our bachelor work. I know both of us, I believe, had some uh, Christian or Bible training in our bachelor level, so forth, and then all the way up to the doctorate. Maybe what each of those has helped us in ministry to to this point. And none of this is going to say that in order to be qualified by God, you have to have a D-man in this or a PhD right. in that. Right. Uh, but ultimately how these things have helped us in our specific areas and your results may vary. <laughs> and so, so that's kind of the, the idea. Kyle got his bachelor's from Wayland Baptist university yes. in Plainview, Texas. Yep. Did that's I get that right? You did. That's correct. I did. Then he got his master's at Rock. Was Rock, Rock Bridge. Okay, Rock, Rock Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. yeah, Rock, yeah, Rock Bridge, Bridge at Saddleback <laughs> or, or what, wherever it's located. It's online. And then his D-Men. I couldn't quite remember if you were at Wayland for both of those. So yeah, Wayland Baptist for his bachelor's and then got his master's and doctorate at uh, Rock Bridge. And so first, before, before I dive into mine, just tell us in general, uh, what what did you like about that journey from freshman year at Wayland, uh, leaving Mama? You weren't too far from Mama, no. uh, but leaving leaving your family, going out to to the big city of Plainview, <laughs> and starting your new life as an adult, already balding youth pastor, worship leader guy. <laughs> Yeah. So, so for me, it really was, uh, moving to the big city. Uh, so, I mean, I grew up in a town of about 20 or about 2000 people. Plainview is a town of about 20,000 people. And we had a bowling alley when, when I got there and we had a movie theater. And so it was like, I mean, like I said, big city, it was like, man, there's stuff to do here. Um, and, uh, so yeah. And, and the, the first weekend, uh, Wayland is this big thing called Quinonia. Uh, which is, as we know, the Greek word for fellowship. Uh, but really, there's is messy games like playing in wet dog food and um, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. It's just a, it's it's kind of a you know orientation, and then get to know all your all your freshman peers. Um, and so that first weekend felt like an extended youth camp. I was like, oh, this is great! Like this is what college is going to be like. And then and then college hits, <laughs> like class hits. But um, yeah, it was just you know for me coming from a from a small uh, small town, it was a uh, going to a bigger place um, and uh, and and diving into that uh, education experience at a Christian college, um, and uh, yeah, had a had a wonderful four years there. Um, met my wife, so that's a, that's a big bonus too. Yeah. <laughs> and we're so we're we're one of those families that um, uh, my brothers or my my wife's brother and his wife met at Wayland. 
Michelle and I met at Wayland and my brother and his wife met at Wayland. So if any of our kids go, we're going to be like, oh yeah, my, my parents and my uncle and aunt all came to, to Wayland and we'll be yeah. those families. <laughs> yeah. now, how about you? Cause you went to, uh, you were a Patriot, correct? I was a Patriot, at baby. Dallas Baptist University. Dallas Baptist University. I so my my plan at that point leading up to going there was to go to Washita. I don't even know yeah. what Washita's mascot is, but uh, I was going to go to Washita, and then my mom was diagnosed with uh, cancer, and so wanted to stay close. Ultimately, ended up being fine, but we stayed close, which also meant. I never had to do my laundry. I got to take it home every week or so. And uh, my mom would do it and I'd get some home cooking. And we had something similar. Uh, I think it was called uh, SWAT, Student Welcome and Transition. And you all got, uh, what are those hats that the uh, uh, Jewish people wear? Are they yarmulkes? Oh, the, the yarmulkes, yeah. Yeah, we got one of those uh, that you wore in your head. You had to wear it or whatever at the activities. And it was the same idea. And it was a week before school started and I signed up for it and went to nothing. <laughs> I signed up for it so that I could get out of the house a week earlier because I was tired of being told what to do. <laughs> so so I, I ran away and uh, went there and uh, kind of spent most of the time in the uh, coffee shop and uh, cafeteria and all that kind of stuff. Just got to move in a little early. Nice. And I think only one of my roommates uh, came to it. And so I didn't even have to really be around anybody. It was the best week of my entire life. I did, dream. <laughs> yeah, I did not meet my wife there, uh, but did start dating my uh, wife while I was there and would get in trouble because I was in school all day. And then I worked at an after school program. And then we would usually go out to eat. I was also on staff at a church, but the after school was what was taking all of my, my time at that point. So after school, a uh, little daycare thing that I, I helped run. And so then we would go out to eat or go watch a movie or something like that. And so I broke cr- curfew like every single day and uh oh, and so, you still had curfew when they, you were we still had curfew at that time wow. and uh and it, it wasn't like this super bad thing like you just came up and you had to tell them where you've been yeah. and there's I, I guess really no real accountability i mean i just told them you know i've been out with you know my girlfriend and we went out to eat or or whatever you just had to tell them if it was after yeah. i think it was 10 o'clock uh, might have been eleven, but uh, but anyway, Sinner, you probably that. wore shorts and 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 <laughs> do what? I said Sinner, you probably wore shorts. Yeah. And- <laughs> hey, well, when when my when my aunt went to her Baptist University, I won't call it out on the uh, on the show, but there was no holding hands when you walked on the on the side. And this was one of our Southern Baptist Baptist universities, but no holding hands with the opposite sex when you were on the sidewalk together. But the other fun one was there was no playing cards of any kind. Like we're talking <laughs> solitaire was a no-no. Yep. And so what she did, and if you remember dorms, I don't know if Waylon was the same way, but there the doors are like an inch off of the ground. <laughs> so you can tell if the lights are on or whatever. So she would put something in front of it and then cover her head over with her blank or blanket or her sheet and then have a flashlight under there and play cards at night. <laughs> and because she, she liked playing solitaire. That's so she was a thin rebellious, yeah. fantastically rebellious. So <laughs> times have changed a little bit, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I was at DBU, had a good time. Uh, my degree was in Christian ministry or Christian studies with an emphasis in Christian ministries. And, uh, and at that time, I really thought, 
I'm done. I've got the Bible. I've got the systematic theology. I've got some languages. I've got ministry. At, at that point, I was going to be a long-term uh, worship and youth pastor. I didn't plan to ever be a senior pastor or whatever. So I had like youth ministry classes and music, all that kind of stuff. So I was set. And, uh, and then 10 years later, <sighs> I was back in school. <laughs> I hadn't written anything in my life at that point. <laughs> like, wrote sermons. So what about you? So you left, you didn't go right into Rockbridge at that point. No. So I, uh, I like you, I thought I was done. Yeah. Um, when I graduated with my, with my bachelor's in 2005. Um, and that lasted all of six months because Wayland set up a partnership program with Logsdon Seminary out of Hardin Simmons, another Texas Baptist school. And, um, so they were offering uh, MDiv classes at Lubbock's Wayland campus uh, one day a week, Monday afternoons. And so I was serving in a little church about 30 miles away. And so I started taking classes knowing that it was going to take me forever uh, to finish my MDiv that way. But um, it was cheap. It was able, able to go and, and just do that on Monday afternoon. So I started that um, Got a class or two in, and then we moved out to Kermit, Texas, uh, which if you don't know where that is, you should uh, Google it on a map. It is 45 miles northwest of Odessa, uh, which is nowhere near Lubbock, Texas, about, about two and a half hours uh, one way from, from Lubbock. And so um, I continued doing that for one more term, driving up on Mondays. I would leave my, my house about nine o'clock on Monday morning and get back about eight o'clock that night. And uh, Michelle was pregnant with Noah at that point. And so we just said, um, we can't do this. Like I cannot take my day off and, and go do school. So started searching for other options. And then uh, that was in the fall of 2007, came across Rockbridge and was really highly recommended. Asked, asked some guys, asked around and uh, heard some really good things about it. And so we took that a uh, step of faith and, and, uh, jumped into the world of online uh, education, which in 2007, so, so now everybody has like an online MDiv, right? Um, in 2007, that wasn't the case. Um, that the, the, the idea of a strictly online um, MDiv was, was new. And um, so I was, Michelle and I kind of talked and I was like, you know, am I going to a paper mill? Am I throwing my, 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 uh, um, education out the window by, by leaving brick and mortar and going to an online school. And uh, I said, well, you know, I mean, I can always, you know, take a class or two. And then if that doesn't, you know, if I feel like I'm not getting my money's worth, then we'll, we'll just kind of punt this thing. Um, so anyway, we, we transferred um, and absolutely loved it. Uh, I got to be part of their accreditation process there and um, getting working as they worked to get accredited. We, we kind of got to be guinea pigs for some of the changes that came in for that. And uh, so it was, it was a great experience. And, and the thing that I loved about the MDiv, and I think you'll, you'll appreciate this as well. You know, when you, when we were doing undergrad, like I was serving in, in a youth ministry there. Um, I was serving as a worship leader at, at times, but so much of what we learned, I felt like was, it was kind of going to be applied one day, right? So when I graduate, then it'll be applied with, with the MDiv. Suddenly I was like, I get to apply this immediately. I mean, there were things I would learn and then like use them on like that Wednesday night as, as a youth pastor. Yeah. And so I loved kind of that immersion of ministry with uh, the education piece of it. 
Absolutely. And that was kind of the same thing for, for us. So I had a member of my church, I think I've told this story before, uh, that came in and called me an idiot because I had uh, Chris Wool or DTS, yeah. I think they said, <laughs> in the front yard and I had Southwestern in the backyard and I wouldn't go into either one. And they offered to pay for uh, my first two classes insofar as they would cover youth ministry and education ministry because that was what I was doing at that uh, that church was serving in those two areas. And and that was the same experience I had. So I dove in and I, I just kind of looked at it at, you know, 90 hours or whatever it was. I don't remember at this point, but I knew going, you know, two classes at a time. I'm like, I'm never going to finish this thing. But then I got into it. And each of those days, it was like what I was learning in class got to be put into practice like sometimes even that afternoon when I would get out and would be calling up a youth leader or calling up this person or that person or whatever. And it really was affecting the day-to-day ministry of my life in a good way. And, uh, and so that's, that's one reason that kept me going on. It's like, I don't care when I finish or if I finish, as long as I'm continually learning. And I think that's key, whether you are doing the bachelor's or the master's or going all the way through with the demon is making sure that at all times and in all ways, you're still growing and and sharpening your tools as a preacher, as an expositor, or as a student minister, getting some new ideas. And so some people that may not really be kind of wired for classroom, it might be great for them to do some conferences and so forth. And sometimes uh, seminaries like Southwestern and others will have have uh, classes where you go to a conference and then there's some debriefing and papers that you'll write or books that you'll read or whatever else. And you can get some course credit for that if you're not really wired for sitting in a class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, and so uh, there's there's times where you can kind of make it work for what you need. And I think the key in all of this is just really that as preachers, we're both of us are preachers or as a student pastor, worship minister is always honing your craft, never just getting to the point where you're just going to coast. And that's one thing that the degrees were helping me do. But now that I'm kind of post all of that, um, you know, I may go back at another time and do a PhD or, or whatever, maybe even doing just some classes where I can, uh, what's the, what's the word where you basically go to class, but you're not really enrolled in it. Um, audit. 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 Where I can audit some classes, watch some classes. Um, I watch lect- lectures online. iTunes has a number of that stuff. Like yeah. a Reformed Theological Seminary has yeah. has a few things. A lot of seminaries offer some stuff. And uh, But continually sharpening, sharpening yourself, uh, because as you do your quiet times, as you're doing your study, all of that, you can sometimes get in a little bit of a lull and just start to coast. And so having people to kind of speak into your life, even if you're watching them on a screen, like an online class or in a lecture hall or going to the conferences where you're having those conversations with people along the way or being discipled by an older pastor or something, just continuing to sharpen your skills. And so Kyle, why is that necessary? Yeah, well, I, I think it's a lot of that goes back to Hebrews two and, and the drift that that the writer of Hebrews talks about, right? I mean, if if we are not certainly for, in our spiritual lives, I mean, if we're not diligent to be in God's word, diligent to be following um, the 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 commands that God's given to us, we're going to drift and we're not going to drift towards holiness. I think the same is true in in other pursuits as well, right? If we're not sharpening skills, um, I know we've talked about this before. One thing that I've, I didn't, I've not kept up sharp through the years is Greek and Hebrew. And that's not something that you just 
retain, right. And, and can, can recall, like you, you drift away from that. And so um, one of the, one of the ways it kind of forces you to remain sharp in those things is continuing education right now. Um, so whether that's a, a formal degree program, you know, whether you go back for a master's or a doctorate, I know Southwestern has a number of certificate programs that you can do that are like two years just to just kind of keep some of those skills sharp. Um, or even, um, I mean, some of the many online offerings that are happening right now, like uh, what what the replant team is partnering with Brian Croft to do with the cohort, which is a weekly uh, meeting where you have some, some reading to do. Uh, there are a number of resources out there that could help you do this, but it, it's just a maintaining that discipline and, and um, of continual learning, continual reading to, to sharpen your skills as a, as a pastor and, and your growth as a, as a shepherd. And, and I think it's in just about every other field yeah. is, you know, we, we had David Murphy on the show every year they have spring training. spring training. And so you go back, even if, you know, Mookie Betts, one of the best players in baseball right now, uh, he is still at spring training, refining his craft. He's yeah. still in the batting cage, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You have stories of Michael Jordan and the free throws that he shot. Imagine, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, if he had actually practiced free throws, how <laughs> dominating a basketball player he could have been, you know, so you have all of that teachers in public school or really private school. I taught uh, adults with special needs and we had to get continuing education and uh, in training and so forth in, in so many different fields, even tax people, they're continuing yep. to, to learn the yep. different code that's coming out and different ways to do it and all that kind of stuff. Like almost every other field has that, not, not just as a suggestion, <laughs> a lot of times, like it's a requirement. Right. And, and I don't think a lot of pastors do this. But I do know some that maybe they get the degree and then they're in the pulpit and they're in their church and that's just kind of it. And uh, eventually they start to coast a little bit. I know a few like that that don't really do conferences, don't really even read. Um, but even if you're not going to class or to conferences, be reading uh, the new stuff that's coming out, yeah. just continuing to kind of push yourself a little bit. Read people that are outside of your your camp, uh, uh, if if you will. Like that's probably the most helpful thing for me and sharpening me is it's easy to read the guys that I agree with because I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I also like to read even the guys that are talking about topical preaching or more word picture preaching and so forth, just to get an idea of their communication style and what are good about that and how maybe to, without leaving text-driven preaching, how that can also help me be more engaging and so forth as a pastor and as a preacher. And uh, so yeah. I think what we're saying here is whether or not you go to Wayland Baptist or DBU, whether or not you go to Rockbridge or Southwestern, you never stop learning. That's and right. uh, you want to keep growing. And whether you're 60 years old, there's still more stuff to learn. And uh, and we can learn from those 60-year-old guys and, and vice versa. And so continue learning, continue growing. If you are interested in a seminary, one of our sponsors is the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, also known as Seminary Hill. And uh, they have their new fall course is out and you can register. There's also a preview day, by the time this really goes live, it's going to be literally right around the corner. It's April 6th for the seminary and April 17th for uh, the college, Scarborough uh, College. And But really, to be honest, if you'll call 
anytime you're in the area, you can pop in and they will pretty much give you your own personal preview. And uh, they really are working up and out to reach out to students of all ages, all backgrounds, and to train them and equip them to live your calling. And so some great stuff happening there. I was looking on their their site. I'm really kind of bummed that last night I missed missed the coffee and music night. They had oh. Abraham uh, Prado or Prado and uh, some cheap coffee. And uh, that would have been fun. Uh, they've got a Coke break, kind of disappointed. And that should be Dr. Pepper. Uh, but that's another topic for another day. I uh, got some laser tag coming up, a lot of stuff happening on the student life side of things. There's some auditions coming uh, for their uh, praise and music, their music and uh, worship school. And so that's really neat. My favorite preacher is going to be in chapel actually uh, this afternoon and or this morning, uh, Dr. McKellar. So you can watch that. Uh, just a lot of stuff happening there in really all of our seminaries, but we're grateful for our partnership at Southwestern. And so whether you're going to do the full degree or pop in for a class here and there, uh, it's worth looking into. And so Kyle, uh, Mr. Rockbridge alum, why don't you send us out? Yeah, well, let me say as as we close, as as two Texas Baptist grads, there's some big news that came out of Texas Baptist School this week uh, when Baylor University that crushed the Catholics. Dude, and dude, the, Dean and Sarah's tweet was the greatest <laughs> thing I've seen in my life. Oh, about the, the BGCT for those, and the SBTC. For those that didn't see it, it's like BGCT <laughs> to the SBTC guys trying to claim Baylor right now. And it's a guy holding up, it's a gif or whatever, and the guy holding up a sign that says, nice try, and then turning to the side, nice try, and turning to the other side, nice try. Yes. That was absolutely amazing. Because for... for <laughs> My entire life, uh, conservatives like me, you know, sometimes we dunk on, on them. <laughs> and then once they win, I go, hey, look, oh, hey, Baptist. Baptist. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, so, big win for them. How far did the girls get, the women get? They they got. Oh, did they man. get to that game and lost? I don't remember. I don't, I don't follow them. So. No, I, I don't. I didn't follow the women's tournament nearly as closely Way as the go. men's. So, all right. Well, hey, uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, Go find somewhere, sharpen your skills, further your education. Uh, and until next time, hey, 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 before you do that, one way to do that is to read Replanting Rural hey, Churches. That's right. available on Amazon.com for like a dollar. <laughs> Apparently they can't sell it anymore, so they're just practically <laughs> giving it away. That's right. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. And, 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 and as you do that, um, coffee that's black as night is very important as yes. you as you pursue. So uh, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. God bless you all. Have a wonderful <laughs> week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?